<laughs> All right. Can you hear me, Rob? I'm, I'm here. <laughs> Excellent. Good evening. Good morning. Good afternoon. Welcome into the kickoff edition of the 2019-2020 JMU Sports Blog season. Um, really excited to be back. We've taken a little time off, but welcome, Rob. Um, good, to, good to talk to you again. Yeah, nice talking to you too. Right? Yeah. This is a new season. We're bring, what do we keep track of episodes or anything? I, I don't know. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to. Yeah, I need to look back at that. We've probably actually, done more than we think. I was actually talking about that. That we need to stick. So, okay, we're going a little off topic here to start, but it's it's worth it. Um, in December is our tenth anniversary of starting this project, and I think right, Rob. Yeah. Yeah. Two thousand nine. Right. Yeah. yeah. December two thousand nine. So. Um, yeah, we, we really want to, uh, you know, sort of plug away this season and, and see what the future holds. But uh, really excited to be with everyone. Yeah. And I was thinking we, need, we do need to like we should hire a task, you know, taskmaster thing and figure out some old highlights of the show. Like someone who's willing to go back through and put something together. Oh, I don't know how much we need to pay somebody to listen to any I know. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> But in any case, uh, welcome in, everybody. We're really glad to be back. We've taken a little time off this summer, and we are fully locked in. And by fully locked in, I mean we are in preseason mode here. <laughs> yes. um, and tonight will be like very much like the first preseason game um, for any team. Uh, we're going to have fun. It's gonna we're going to try good. not to get injured. So. That's right. We're going to try not to get injured. Um, hopefully, you will have fun listening and hearing us actually talk about football, because we're going to do quite a bit of that tonight, uh, at least in a, some fun ways. But we're also... You know, we'll recognize that we have six weeks to go, 45 days to Morgantown. So we're going to be picking it up uh, week after week, um, starting now, but certainly back with some more serious games next week. Um, so, yeah, welcome to the year. It is less, Rob, it is less than a month till women's soccer plays the first game of the year, uh, first yeah. JMU game of the year. That's crazy how, how quickly things start yeah. right back up. I feel like, I feel like the sports season just yeah. ended. I know. So women's soccer, men's soccer, both kick off before football. Um, it'll be in a few weeks. We'll be receiving our season tickets. Hopefully our, our new parking passes. Really excited about our, our spot this year. I know we're, we, uh, we may be unique in that regard, but we're, we're very fortunate this year. So glad looking forward to that. That's always a fun time. Uh, Jamie sports. We do. I do wish Rob, I was looking at something today. You remember they used to have kind of the universal schedule. Yeah. It was like all sports schedule. Yep. And I couldn't find that on the homepage today. And I don't know if it's somewhere and I'm an idiot, it's, which is completely possible. Um, but I would love to see that more prominently because I had to like look at around the teams to figure out when the first games were coming. Um, but that, that's a, it's a small plea there. Um, we do have a bunch of big things coming up. Uh, first of all, the Hoops Arena is looking good. I know, Rob, we've both seen some pictures in the big sunlight this summer. Uh, really excited. I know it'll be another year, but it's going to be fun getting back there in the fall and seeing the progress throughout this fall. So, I think yeah, that's it's crazy cool. how quickly it's gone. You know, it, it is when like they started I went from nothing. Yeah. yeah, and even when you break, it's you know decades away, not realizing it's going to be here before I know it. Well, I think it's also funny because right when they did Bridge for it, they did the two season thing. You know, yeah. So like they tore down, and we had a whole year of micropiling and all this like initial stuff, but it really didn't look. I mean, the finished product that first year wasn't a whole lot different than what had been there before. And so it just felt like it took a long time, even though it really didn't. All, I mean, they weren't actually constructing things all that much. So this has been like, you know, start to finish here. 
from on new ground. So it'll be fun. A uh, couple big things. We did get some announcements today. Rob and I probably talk a little bit about this a little later. Uh, big flow sports announcement. Jamie's going to have six games on flow sports this year. I, I do think Rob, I was, I mean, for as much as we've been critical and as much as we are skeptical of flow, I was glad to see that four of JMU's road games are on there this year. So Elon, Stony Brook, William and Mary and Rhode Island are all on there. Um, in the past, Rhode Island is a game that we've had to pay for a la carte and maybe Stony Brook as well. So I'm kind of glad if we're going to be paying, at least it's in the package we're paying for. Yeah, exactly. For most of those, you know, because we know the home games, JMU is going to have their home game versus Morgan State and their home game versus Villanova on that same package. But for the most part, the other home games we know will be on Matt's own or picked up by a regional, hopefully. So not as big of a deal. And the first game at West Virginia, we know will be on some kind of platform that's available to direct TV, at least. So a- that's... AT&T Sportsnet, I believe. Oh, right. Oh, wonderful. So I'm, hopefully. I got to be honest, I've never heard of AT&T Sportsnet. No, maybe the Yenzers know more about it. I don't know. <laughs> so, um, and our first chance to, to uh, test out whether we can overflow and break down flow sports immediately is next Tuesday media day for the CAA football is next Tuesday, July 23rd. Supposedly that is free on flow sport or flow football. And supposedly flow will have more info about the subscription packages during the media day next week. So assuming we can all see those, um, you'll, we'll be able to find out a little more next week. JMU is scheduled for their portion of the CAA media day to be at 1140 AM. So that's good. If you can plan a little early lunch hour, you might be in a spot. Most of, you know, a lot of us might be able to watch some of that. Um, in the past, it's like 930 AM. I've never been able to watch it too much. So uh, Jamie's bringing a couple of players, obviously coach Signetti. So who knows? Never that much at media day. The only thing that would be a surprise is if JMU is not picked to win the conference. So, that's about it. Rob, a couple things before we get to all this um, sort of football and, and something we're not happy about is just everybody, welcome back to the year. Don't forget you can rate and review us wherever you get your podcast. Uh, give us as many points or stars as we deserve. So I don't know what that is. <laughs> and then uh, big thanks. We're going to have Mossy Creek with us all year this year. We've had a great relationship with Pale Fire as well. You can go by Mossy Creek anytime. Mention the podcast. You get a free sticker. Rob and I, in the next couple of weeks, are going to have an announcement, I think, about a trip with us and Mossy Creek um, that will be beginner friendly this fall. Well, but virtue of us being there. By virtue of us being there. It'll be beginner friendly. Yeah, but it's going to be really cool. I think it's going to be about a, there's going to be about a dozen, well, about 10 to 12 slots on the trip. Um, There may be a scholarship slot available from us as well for sort of young alumni or current student. But otherwise, we'll be hoping to fill that trip with some fun people. Uh, Brian and Colby, we know it's going to be a good day. Probably going to spend a day on a Friday before a home game this year. Probably go down. Uh, we'll do a lesson there at the shop, get all outfitted, and get out on the water a little later in the day. And then we're planning a little bit of a uh, beer and food celebration for the evening. So it could be a really fun day before a game this fall, if assuming Rob and I can pull it off at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. We'll see. Um, and then Pale Fire, our original sponsor. Thanks to them. You can go by the tap room anytime, mention the podcast, and you will get a free pint glass. And it will be almost time to start picking up some beers for football season very soon. So 
everybody go out and support those people. We're so grateful to have them on board. We're really looking forward to a, a true football season with Bossy Creek and, and maybe hopefully sending a lot of people their way this fall. So, Rob, before we get to the uh, – I, I did want to start – I guess we'll, before we get to football and the AAC, uh, we should talk about Buck Ants, right? Oh. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. Whatever. Uh, for people that don't know, Steve Buck Ants, a JMU alum and longtime Wizards broadcaster, I believe of – what is it, about 22 years? 22 years, yeah. Going back years. to – yeah. To the bullets. Yeah, for me, but, that's into high school on HTS. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Was it? Was he with the when they changed? I don't the name? know. He was Fox Five. I, yeah, definitely. Whatever. Before Forever. that, he was the, he was a sports anchor. Yeah. Um, he did Navy football for a while. Just a tremendous broadcaster. And if you're a Wizards fan, even if you're just kind of an NBA fan in general, mm-hmm. Buckets is is the guy. You know, like oh yeah. You know, the NBA. Uh, if you grew up in an NBA town um, mm-hmm. or a major league baseball town or hockey town like local announcers are a big deal they're like so just Mm -hmm. embedded with the fan base and buck ants is one of the most loved ones i mean he he was such a passionate supporter of a team that the the on the court product didn't always match no didn't always deserve that passion but like just day in day out so enthusiastic not to the degree of like a tommy heinson type homerish guy No, no um but just like you could tell the guy was like legitimately passionate about the game of basketball and about that franchise. I mean, he grew up locally around here, um, was a fan of the team back in the mm-hmm. Baltimore days, and he was let go as the announcer. And they made the announcement like five months ago that they weren't renewing him. And then and they let that, it drag. They, and... they let it drag, and they were like, well, we're not, we haven't picked up his option, but he's going to be under consideration. And that was just kind of an odd way to, to put it. You know, they let Phil Chenier go, and I don't know. So yesterday or was it this morning or yeah, yesterday? Yeah, I don't know. Yes, I think it was this morning I found out and yeah, they, started they getting text announced. messages from Nelly. And he yeah. was pissed and we're all... The just, entire fan base is pissed. Yeah, like, I mean, him and Shanir both, right? They, they sat through 22 years of crap basketball while other teams rose and fell in the NBA. I mean, the freaking Toronto Raptors weren't even a team when they started and they won the championship this year. Yeah. And these guys had to live through, I, I don't even know what to say, Gar Hurd, Robert Pack. Michael Adams, like Fat Liddell Eccles. That, that's all before Gilbert Arenas brought guns to the locker room and ruined the franchise. And the Wizards spent $190 million on Jan Mahimi. <laughs> like, yeah. And they're saddled with four more years of John Wall. And ah, I just, uh, I don't even, it's so well, frustrating. Because Buck is, is really good at what he does. And, and he's made it enjoyable for a team that like, shouldn't be enjoyable. Right? No, you, people tune in. You know, you stick, you might be flipping the channels. You'll stop because you want to hear Buck Hans. And mm-hmm. if you look at the comments in any of the articles today, it's people swearing, you know, I'm never going to watch another game. Right. And, um, well, I, I don't know if that's true or not. It's certainly conveniently timed with the next couple of years for the Wizards yeah. uh, horizon. But Buck Hans is just a really good guy. If you've ever met him. Yeah. Uh, He's kind of the epitome of JMU. He's very nice. He's personable. He's enthusiastic, mm-hmm. uh, very outgoing, very passionate about the Dukes. Yep. You, you know, very. Very. I mean, if you've, if Todd and I, we've had, he's been on the podcast. Uh, yep. He we've came on the day good, before the championship game last yeah. year. Yeah. Two we, years ago. We've had the good fortune to meet, good fortune to meet him mm-hmm. at events. And I mean, he's the type of guy who'll just sit there, shake everybody's hand, talk to you and totally down to earth. And he's not talking to you like you're talking to a celebrity. He wants to talk to you about, Hey, this weekend, what do you guys think against William and Mary? What's the matchup? Like, yeah, he's a real fan. 
Yes. And this was cool. And he's a real fan of the school. He's uh-huh. proud of JMU. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that would do local radio appearances and local TV drops mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And he would mention the Dukes. Yes. Put in a plug, be like, oh, I've got to see my Dukes this weekend going yep. down. Going to take North Dakota State. And it's just cool. He's just a great representative of the school. And he really deserves better. And yep. I heard an interview of him today on 106.7 um, with yep. Pete, Pete and uh, Grant Paulson. And they did right. a great job. It was heartbreaking. Yeah. To hear how upset he was, and to hear that nobody like Leonsis or nobody contacted him. No, it just no, happens. That's a, you know, know. it's just it, people deserve better, and really you can do. make business decisions, but sit down with somebody face to face, be an adult about it, yep. tell them. And um, I think anybody deserves that in their job, but pers- particularly somebody who's such a part of the Wizards community and really is the best thing about the franchise. That's for right. About twenty years. No, it's funny. I mean, I, I think we didn't realize, I mean, Rob, you're not a Skins fan, but when they let, you know, when they replaced Frank and Sonny and Sam with Larry Michael, you know, all those years ago. Oh, no, ago, but right? even but not as a the, Skins fan, I, I know what that is. Because, yeah. I mean, growing up around here on a Sunday, yeah. you're driving to soccer, Frank, you turn right? on the game. You turn right. on the game. And, like, those guys, there is a charm to it. And yes. It's like every city in America where the baseball team has their local baseball guy. Mm-hmm. Um there's like the Vin Scully's of the world. That, you know, Buckhead's the whole dagger stuff. I mean, oh, yeah. He, he was one of the guys that NBA fans knew across the country. He was a favorite guy. He, was, mm-hmm. he deserved better, and, and I wish him well as a JMU alum. I did it too. would be fantastic. I'm sure it never happened. Yeah. But it would be fantastic if he could, like, yeah, if he wants to do some JMU there. games, it's great for just, me. Yeah. Just to do one. Yeah. That would be really cool. If they yeah. could get him to get on combo and do one, that would be a real treat. And Probably, I, I think, maybe for him, but certainly his fans. Yeah. This great NBA. You know, play-by-play guy, call a Dukes game, that'd be a blast. He's just been – I mean, Rob, we've had so much fun the whole time we've been doing the show, right? We put the uh, – he, he had a – he was a good sport about us – about me putting his Jack card on on the website. Yeah. <laughs> Quite a few years ago. Well, we did, blo- we did block hair. out his, his date. We did and, block uh, out his social security, social security number, number at the time. But, um, you know, he had brought that to an event at the place I used to work. I mean, God, that was at the Boulevard Wood Grill, right? Yeah, he let us take pictures. And, and Nelly and I had met him out in Denver at a Nuggets-Wizards game a million years ago. And then he did the podcast with us from Frisco mm-hmm. a couple years ago. It's just been such a great, like you said, there's just nothing but good things. And I, I don't know. I mean, I hope for his sake, I mean, hopefully he'll find, I'm sure he's going to have opportunities here whether it's podcasting or radio or something locally. And maybe, who knows, maybe we'll see him in the tailgate lots this fall a little bit that, more than we have in the past. Well, that would be a silver lining. Yeah. But I, I hope so. he's busy. I hope he gets a chance to do something else that uh, makes him happy because he's good at his job and yeah. he, he just he deserves ground on top. Absolutely. So with that, I wanted to move. There are a couple football things, Rob, is we're going we're to kick off football, right? And I thought you did a good job of um, – you know, putting a lot of words to the conference realignment discussion this week on the site. Oh, it just, so, it's really been weighing. For anybody that hasn't read it, go back and, uh, as Pitzer said, you'll regret, you'll regret your, your click. <laughs> right? we'll, we'll, we'll pause right now for you to read it. Yeah, the point is, Jamie, you did not get into the American Athletic Conference. Um, neither did anyone else this year. So I, I guess if you're super conspiracy theorist about it, um, it could have been worse for the Dukes, right? So it, it wasn't yeah. ODU, you know. So, and I, just to clarify, like I'm not trying to completely troll the portion of our fan base no. that's into it. I think you, I think, have come around, Todd. But I came around years ago to the fact that, like, we have no control over this. It's you have no idea what's going on. And I just 
personally feel like I'm going to root for the Dukes in the fall, no matter if they're in the AAC, CAA, SEC, it doesn't matter. Right. So I just, I don't even worry about it. Not like if it, if it happens, great. I'll support it. Yeah. If it doesn't happen, but like just the hysterics around it really just wore me out years ago. Yeah. So, and that's, that's the way it is. I mean, our, our friend this week asked us what we thought a couple of weeks ago. And we both said, look, if it's the AAC, we a hundred percent support. The other conferences don't really matter to us unless you told me that was a path to something better. Yeah. Right. And that's where we are. Right. The, uh, we, we would support it. And I, I personally would support it, you know, in, in more ways than just verbally, if I could. And the AAC was the move. But as far as whether Conference USA or Sunbelt, I don't care about those anymore. I'm happy doing what we're doing. We've had game day twice. We've been to Frisco twice. I want to go back a third time this year. I don't really care about the rest of it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm like you. I'm going to root on Saturdays one way or the other. It's always sunny in D-Lot. And I'll be ready to go to Morgantown in 45 days. Yeah, and, and if, there were, if there was a legitimate opportunity for yeah. me or you or any other alum to actually influence this process, sure. I might do it. But yes. like people telling us, and it doesn't happen often, people are like, you guys need to do more. You need to write more about this. That, nope. it, that ain't going to move the needle. No, nope, we and, don't move the needle. We, <laughs> we don't move the needle. And we got better things to do with our time, quite That's frankly. Right. That's right. Know? I just have no control of it. And I, nope. the, my favorite thing I saw today um, was Greg Medea of the DNR, uh, one of our favorite guests has started doing some, you know, he's getting ready for the season two, and he started doing some season preview articles. And today he covered the safety position at JMU. And he talked about, uh, he, he, you know, tweeted out that um, one of the big decisions for Kurt Signetti was where to play Wayne Davis, um, who transferred from Ohio State and played for JMU last year. And is really, you know, one of JMU's key players on defense, clearly. And pretty um, versatile. And, and a very versatile player, right? Could play linebacker, any position in the linebacking core or the defensive backfield, really. And my favorite thing I saw today was Wayne Davis uh, tweeted on top of Greg Medea's piece and said, I'll play any position that gets us to Frisco. And I thought that was really cool, especially for a guy who was a transfer from Ohio State, you know, and hasn't been to Frisco, right? I mean, he just – right? unless I'm doing my math wrong, last year he was here and he only went through that craziness of the end of the season last year. Yeah, but just that that team-first attitude is awesome from any player. But from but a guy it, like it, that, it goes against the type when you think of the big time transfer. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that think, oh, they just come down here for playing time and they drop down. And no, I mean, a guy like Wayne Davis, it sounds like made the move because he wanted to be part of a, a, a program that they wanted to play he could have an impact, like yes. play, play football, yes. not be a big star. He wanted to have an impact on a team that could win and go, not like Ohio State, <laughs> sort of slouching, I mean, the running for things. But, <laughs> but he clearly didn't just go to the one place that was going to let him start. And, no. start, you know? and I got to say, right, if you're Wayne Davis or John Daca or um, Rondell Carter, who we're going to talk about in a little bit this year, and you saw what happened with Jimmy right now, mm-hmm. let's go, yeah. <laughs> like, right? Let's, let's hit the weight room and let's get on the field. And like, I don't need to be at Ohio State to be, you know, to get this chance. No, and I want to be just retire. What Arthur Moss played what? Six years? Seven, eight, nine years. Eight, whatever. Eight, I mean, years. Yeah. The, the average NFL career is like three. Yeah. Right. And we got yeah. guys. I mean, I, I just feel like what was I going to be? Uh, an also ran who barely played at Ohio State, or I could be Jimmy and break career interception records and go to the NFL and mm-hmm. make a big. T- yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know. It's awesome. So 
with that, we're going to start something for the next six weeks. We're going to do uh, sort of our very own two-a-days, old-school football tradition. And by two-a-days, it means Rob and I are each going to take a game each week and spend a little time looking at um, one of JMU's opponents this season. We're not going to start with West Virginia. We're just going to save West Virginia for, I don't know, you know, close right up before the season. And who knows, maybe we'll even try to get somebody, get one of the West Virginia people to do a little exchange with us as we've done in the past on that. It's a little easier when we play the big teams. So, and so we're going to do, we're each going to do a team and then we're going to do a, together, we're going to do a look at a position group. So tonight, Rob, I, did you get anything about St. Francis, which is JMU's home opener the week after Morgantown? Well, with a household name like this, yeah. you don't really need to do a lot of research. Are, are these the, what, the something flashes? Are, are they the red flash? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The red flash. No, I did look it up. I mean, okay. I, I was mistaken. I thought JMU had played them more recently. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the last time we played them was 2014. Did we play them in the playoffs, actually? Did we? Am I making that up? Maybe I'm making that up. But yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't think they're. I think you're right. Team. Yeah, no, I played them in 2014. This is Bad Lee's first year. Mm-hmm. Oh was yeah, that, yeah. Was that a second year? That was first. First. First year. Because yep. Shore's first year as a starter was a uh, 20. Well, and it would have been Ever Withers' first year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they played them tough. I mean, it was like 38 to 22 over there. Uh-huh. So that was before the offense really got going. That was before Vad really became bad uh-huh. so they're still working out some kinks but jamie was three and zero against some lifetime I, I don't know why i thought that they had played much much more frequently than that um they're from the nec which is one of these what like partial scholarship conferences yep that you know ha- has never had powers but the team that won it all last year duquesne uh proceeded to follow up the regular season by knocking off towson in the playoffs so like it's not it's not a powerhouse team. It's one of those kind of one bid conferences, as you'd say in FCS. But right. they can make some noise. Mm-hmm. Um, St. Francis was not particularly good last year. They're four and seven, tied for fifth in the NAC. There were mm-hmm. seven teams, so second to last. Um, but they played a lot of close games. Mm-hmm. They hung with Richmond, and Richmond wasn't mm-hmm. great. But like they're used to playing CAA caliber teams. I think two years ago they went out to Montana. Um, they play Towson every year. So, like, they're not going to be intimidated Mm-mm. by JMU. They're used to playing teams from the bigger conferences. Um, they lost – hung with Duquesne, who I mentioned, you know, mm-hmm. went on to beat Towson. They only lost them by seven. Uh, it was their homecoming, I found out, which was a 90s theme. I have no <laughs> idea what that is, but <laughs> that's the most intriguing thing I found out. Yeah. Like, I really want to know why you have a theme on homecoming. Right. Um, and why a 90s, 90s theme. theme is a thing that, that should be, like, now. Um mm-hmm. It was like two days ago. Play that better than Ezra. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right. Like, what, what do you like? Wear heads right, and, right. Girl and, and a flannel? Right. Who knows? So, I don't know. I mean, we can try to hype this up. This is a game, Jamie, will win. It is going to be their second game of the year coming out of that West Virginia game. So, ideally, this is one of those kind of tune up, um, either keep the momentum going after a big upset or just kind of figure out who's going to start kind of playing that first couple preseason things when you start to identify who your guys are going into CAA play. Yeah. I, I can't imagine this will be anything less than like a two touchdown win. Right. But you never know. I mean, sometimes things happen. Um, I think the interesting thing will be from a JMU fan's perspective is coming out of that West Virginia game. Do we have a quarterback? Yeah. Do we start to see maybe what the running back by committee is going to look like? If there's mm-hmm. one guy, I, I, I wouldn't anticipate that question being answered here but we might start to see an answer to the quarterback game if we see a good good performance of west virginia 
and then maybe a good half or three quarters against St. Francis. But, yeah, I think that's right. And but I otherwise, think, this game, you just want to win, get out of there without any injuries. Yep. It's good weather in the Berg. Usually the home opener still pretty hot. Nice. You know, those first two weeks, the ones we're talking about tonight are that kind of way. Good chance to bring everybody back, get reacquainted with your tailgate spot and your neighbors. Um, yeah, the, the thing that scares me, I, not that anything scares me about this game, Rob, but, uh, you know, I think if JMU beats West, if they were to win over West Virginia. Um, when? When? When they beat West Virginia, yeah. or if they were to lose a tight game to West Virginia where they really had a chance, um, I think those that actually scares me worse than just going up there and losing by, you know, 13 or 17 or whatever the spread is. Um, just in the sense of, you know, players get full of themselves or letdown game. Yeah, letdown game kind of thing, right? You, I'd like to see, you know, whereas if Jamie goes up there and they lose by um, 17, like everybody thinks they probably should, I'm not saying we do or the JMU fans think we should. But if they sort of go up there and, and have it goes a, according to script. Yeah, if it's a typical FBS, FCS game, yeah. then JMU probably turns Follows around. The they're very focused. They're like, let's get out there and kick somebody's ass and get our season started. Yeah. And if they go up there and win and everybody tells them they're the greatest thing in the world, we'll, we'll have to see what happens mentally. Um, yeah, I think that's good look at, at uh, St. Francis. The other well, game. It's interesting, like, though, from the, from the coach's perspective, mm-hmm. you know, because to have West Virginia right out of the gate, Mm-hmm. And then to come in, like, how do you approach it if you're signatory? Do you use that West Virginia game kind of to just as warm up? You know, Mickey, with the exception of the Virginia <laughs> Tech game, most fans kind of felt like Mickey was going to go out there. and If the first couple of drives are successful, let's go. And otherwise, it was almost like he just parked the bus and let's get everybody out of here safe. Yeah, um, I just don't think that's the style anymore. No, um, I, I think it's certainly – these games are winnable now, and it's a good opportunity to really build some momentum. Yeah. And I think JMU is just playing for bigger they, – they, I mean, you know, as, as much as we won the championship in 04 and JMU was a, certainly a top 10, top 20, per, you know, traditional team in the Mickey era after 04, this is a different group, right? I mean, this really – JMU really is trying to follow the NDSU model. And I think part of making, distinguishing yourself is playing these games for real. Yeah, and, yeah. and it could just be recency bias, yeah. or maybe I'm kind of caught up in the hype of the uniform in the stadium, but I feel like the gap has narrowed a little bit. I think so, yeah. You know, not necessarily just JMU, but I think kind of uh, – you used to have a couple big upsets, and so not even huge upsets. You get, you get the App State, Michigan State thing, mm-hmm. but like – I mean, Michigan. Yeah. But the overall, I think like your top 10, top 20 – FCS in general uh-huh. just feels a little bit closer to me or more competitive to me I in, these, in these FBS. Well, games. and I think it used to be that like it didn't like this year we're all kind of talking about how JMU they might be catching West Virginia in a in a year that's advantageous to JMU. And in the old days, it felt like it didn't matter what the year was. Right. It didn't matter if yeah. JMU had 18 returning starters and West Virginia had six. It just was too. The gap was too wide. And right now, I think if you ask the West Virginia coaches in a private moment, they'd be really, they would admit honest concern about a JMU team returning the level of talent they are, are going to bring up there with them. You I know. think West Virginia fans would even yeah, say. I don't think say, they're going to say we're worried, but they're going to be like, yeah, this is, this is no cupcake. You know, they're, they're, no. they're going to count this as a decent win if they get it. 
yep. in that one. And it's odd to say that, like, I think the gap is narrowed because so many fans are going to be like, no, there were so many more good teams back mm-hmm. then with App State and Georgia Southern. And, yeah, that's – I guess that's true. But maybe it's just the overall level of training and development of football players in general Yeah, is better. But I just feel like you have so many terrific athletes in FCS now mm-hmm. at, at the back ends of rosters. Right. You know, like, maybe there's more depth. Maybe that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah. More depth. Like, like, you don't have an Armani Edwards on every team. No. But maybe your second or third wide receiver is better than the second or third wide receiver 20 years ago. Or maybe I'm just very caught up in the hype. I mean, for me, it's just the very top teams. Where, I mean, programs. I shouldn't say teams. Cause, but JMU, NDSU, you know, you could say Montana. There's a few programs around the country that just facilities-wise are offering – exactly the same thing as most of the G5 teams. Yeah. And if you're a kid and, you know, we got a couple of kids coming to Jamie. We're going to talk about one tonight. If you're at Temple and you play a year at Temple and you don't look like you're getting to play, I think you recognize the value of going to a JMU or somewhere like that and getting to play. When 20 years ago, you would have just stayed at Temple, right? And that would have been what you sort of stuck with. And yeah, right, we'll see. I don't know. So the second game uh, at home for JMU this year is Morgan State. So, Rob, I took Morgan State tonight. Um, one thing I think you're – one thing I am shocked by that I'm going to crack up about is Morgan State is coached by first-year head coach Tyrone Wheatley. So, oh, my God. Yes. I forgot about that. That yes. was actually big news when he took that. Huge game. news. So yeah. former Giants draft pick. I thought you'd like yes. that, right? Michigan, Michigan man. star. Michigan yeah. football and 110-meter hurdle star, All-American track athlete as well. Uh, was the running backs coach with the Jacksonville Jaguars last year. He has followed Doug Marone around from Syracuse to the Bills to the Jags um, the last, you know, to almost 10 years. So certainly has some pedigree in terms of, you know, ha- has put in the work in terms of being an assistant coach. I mean, I guess kind of a non-traditional hire for a SCS program, but at the same time, I think clearly qualified. Um, I thought this was inter- one interesting thing to me about Morgan state this year. This is only their second game. Um, they opened the season on the road at Bowling green, um, an FBS team that is probably significantly easier than playing at JMU. Uh, and then they have a bye week. So they'll be coming to JMU off a bye after the first game. This is a MEAC team. JMU should handle them, much like St. Francis. Uh, MEAC team from Baltimore. They finished four and seven overall last year, only three and four in the MEAC. Uh, one interesting thing about them, though, they were very schizophrenic last year. Uh, they played better on the road than at home. They, beat, they uh, lost to Towson to start the year 36 to 10, but not. You know, and they also played Albany last year. So they and they lost that game thirty to twenty-seven in a tight game. So clearly, a team that has played CAA level competition recently and is very familiar. They also beat North Carolina A&T State University last year, sixteen thirteen. Uh, who was the Miac runaway Miac winner and clearly the best team in the conference. So kind of an odd, an odd year for them. I mean, to play Albany that closely, beat A&T on the road. It's it just kind of a who knows. Yeah, they're um, capable. Capable, uh, right, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and they do bring back their three best players. They have a couple linebackers and a DB who were first-team All-MEAC last year who returned this year. So their leading tackler, their leading sack person, and their leading interception guy all come back this year. So quite a bit of, you know, for them, they have to feel good about where they are and bringing in the new staff and stuff like that. Um, and then lastly, I did not know that Morgan State was 
first of all, they had a linebacker drafted this, I mean, an offensive lineman drafted this year in the seventh round by the Cardinals, Joshua Miles. And they probably their most famous player is Chiefs linebacker and Hall of Famer Willie Lanier. They've actually played football at Morgan State since 1898. That was what I didn't know, Rob. Oh my God. Yeah. And they, Morgan State uh, became a university in 1867. They're actually after Howard. Um, one of two HBCUs that is now listed as a national treasure by the National Trust uh, for Historic Preservation. It's kind of a cool. 1867. Yeah. That's, that's like really that's... old school. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was like, that's really cool. I mean, it, think about what that means to be an HBCU in Baltimore, Maryland in 1867. Right. Well, what's that like two years after the Emancipation Proclamation? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's really, really incredible. And, uh, yeah. and started playing football in 1898. So Kind of a, I, I found that all to be interesting. I'd kind of thought of them as like, isn't that where Juan Dixon coached basketball to a one in 25 record? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I, I didn't know a whole lot. I mean, I knew it was in Baltimore, but that's about it. So Morgan State will be coming to JMU fresh off a of bye. Uh, last year, JMU played almost every team on the schedule off a of bye. This year, they do not do that as much. So that's good to know. Um, but that'll be the second game at home. And hopefully JMU will be 3-0 after St. Francis and Morgan State. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Rob, on the position group, we want to talk a little bit about D-line forever on this. Um, but we did want to get started tonight. Rob, I think that the starters, I'll kind of lay this out and then let you uh, get your feeling on this. You know, uh, Rondell Carter is probably the leader of the team this year. I, I think I, um, I can't think of anybody else in the senior class. I mean, Rashad Robinson, you know, is going to be the odd kind of fifth year senior. Um, but who knows where he stands having not played last year, but I would think Robinson and Carter are the two leaders of this team this year. Uh, yeah, yeah. certainly after the way Carter played yeah. last year, his first team all CAA. And, yeah. You know, and he's just and coming in with all the hype, the potential draft pick. Yeah. And he's going to play probably some on the inside at tackle and some on the outside at end. Uh, Mike Green and Adiba Tarawa both played a good bit last year on the inside. Um, you know, I've heard a lot of hype in the summer about the way those two guys have been working out and the effort they've put in to get better this year. Uh, I think there was a quote in the Medea article mm-hmm. um, from Rashad talking about how the entire team stops to watch them lift. Yeah. Because they're so intense. You like to hear that. <laughs> yeah, you love <laughs> yeah. to hear that. Yeah. Um, and then obviously John Daka on the other end, you know, just had a breakout campaign last year is clearly the uh, threat, you know, at least arguably the Duke's biggest threat off the edge in terms of sacking the quarterback and getting in the backfield, disrupting things. Cause Carter's played both end and tackle. Yeah. Right? And, and I, I saw Medea was talking about how this year they thought that um, the big thing's going to be how much Uku plays and how he develops. Cause they, what they really like to do is play Carter on the inside, but then when it's obvious passing down, have Carter and Daka on the outsides and sort of bring in, you know, potentially Uku or Green or Otarawa, like kind of fill in the tackle position as they go. So I, I don't know exactly how Jamie's going to do it, but I think those are the five guys that seem like they're the obvious five. Then Garrett Gruel played some last year. He's going to be coming back. Uh, and then a couple of new guys. I, I mean, we, Rob and I may be missing names here, but I was thinking, they have the transfer from Temple, Antonio Colclaw. I don't know how much we're going to see him this year. He didn't play. He redshirted at Temple last year. So who knows? Um, and Jalen Green was one of their big recruits this year. So 
We'll see if a true freshman can get on the field. They have quite a few redshirt freshmen. I think they have three redshirt freshmen and three true freshmen uh, on the D-line. So somebody's going to have to step up, right? I mean, they seem to have six players, if you include Ukwu and Gruel, um, but they're going to need a seventh player probably in this, during the season from somewhere here. So I think that's probably the one question mark. But this position group is, at least if they stay healthy, this is the bedrock of the team this year, I'd say. And Yeah, I think that's fair. And, and I think the guy that fans are – maybe he's not the household name mm-hmm. that Carter or Daka are, but Mike Green yeah. is coming in as a junior. Yep. A, a true junior, not a redshirt mm-hmm. junior, with a lot of playing time. I mean, started last year, played – started a, a handful of games, mm-hmm. I believe, yeah, he did. freshman year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough to do – to start any position yep. as, as a freshman, but to do it on the interior line. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, him kind of like the Fornado um, on the defensive side. Uh, yep. I you know, so. you've, got, you've got a couple really big experienced now upperclassmen mm-hmm. who – Green, particularly this year, could really benefit from the attention that's going to be paid to Daka and Carter. I think so, so too. Yeah. I, I think you could have him come along, and that'll only make it easier for the younger guys to step in. So, like you said, this is the real strength of the team. If everybody stays healthy, that's always the big if. Yep. Um, but it will be cool to see, like, if Green, the, the kid from Good Counsel, if he's able to step mm-hmm. in as another true freshman. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited about the position. I, I think they're going to do very good against the run. I think with Signetti's philosophy, he's going to kind of play from the trenches out. Yep. And I think that's got to make these guys really excited. The idea of of Carter kind of flip flopping and playing, you know, based on the situation mm-hmm. is really exciting. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to do that just through lineups or stunts or just rotating guys, but this is going to be a fun group to watch. Um, and we really could see some fireworks the first couple of weeks with these games we were just talking yeah, about. Yeah, if they're healthy, they, this group is the terrifying part of Jamie's team this year. To yeah. me. Right, this is the really scary. I mean, Daka had what 10, 10 sacks last year. Yeah, <laughs> um, Carter was all over the place. Carter was just behind him. Carter was a, a bunch of monster off. back in that NC State game to start the season too. Oh yeah, you know, like right, yeah. like in the big games, I felt like he was fantastic. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm really excited. I think Adib and Mike Green both have a chance to make this unit elite this year, and I really hope that's the case. Um. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't see a lot of O-lines at the FCS level being able to control these guys. And if that allows guys like Wayne Davis and Landon Word a little more freedom to kind of roam four yards off the line, JMU could be really special on defense in the way that we've seen them be in the years they've been at their best. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, and you like to think also, like, if, if with a guy, you know, like Rashad coming back and JMU's defensive back mm-hmm. – you know, you could give these guys an extra second, which doesn't sound like much, but you give a guy like Daka an extra second to get the quarterback yeah, because the receivers take be it open, yeah. it's, it's going to be a bloodbath. Yeah, it is. And, and even just to think about, like, the freedom that Jamie may have with Rashad and others in the back, D'Angelo Emos. Yeah. Um, and just the flip side. Yeah, they're not going to have to play having... zone very often. I mean, they're yeah. not going to have to keep extra guys back. They're going to play man. Yeah, but see, and now you're going to have of... six, seven, eight guys, you know, attacking the line. Exactly. That's going to be a really scary group. Really scary. Right. You know, just the flip side of getting an extra second good coverage is forcing the ball out a second early. A second, yeah. You know, we could see a couple. I mean, we saw people. that last year a little bit when DACA kind of burst onto the scene. I mean, I think that helped guys like Jimmy last year. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, just the ball's flying, you know, all over yep. the place to them. 
So, yeah. I, I, Particularly the FCS level, where you force a guy to make a cross-field pass yeah. who doesn't have, you know, a Patrick Mahomes-like release. Right. It's, it's going to be and bad. And they're going to change the, the defense a little bit this year from Houston to Cignetti. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, Elon's been a little more aggressive, I think, defensively than JMU has. I mean, JMU's had so much talent the last three or four years on defense that they've been able to kind of just line up and stop you, you know, yeah. and they haven't tried. They haven't been that exotic. And I think it, I don't know. I mean, I'm curious to see what happens this year. If Signetti or and company decide to dial it up a little bit. So it's certainly, Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm really excited. Right. I mean, we, you, you, you're looking at very, very, very realistically, Multiple guys with double-digit sacks. <laughs> yes, take me back to the Sam Daniels, Arthur Motes days. Yes, <laughs> yes right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah we, got a, we got a couple of DJ Bryant. Yeah. So, I think that uh, we, we hopefully that uh, satisfies everyone. Wets everybody's whistle for some real football talk this year. Um, and we will we will do much more research and be much more in depth as we get into quote unquote real games. Yes, we will. Yeah, we both yeah. said tonight we're just going to start with these two. We didn't have to do that much and going to have fun with it. Um, Rob, did you want to introduce our OT topic tonight? Well, um, if you spend as much time on Twitter as we do, well, <laughs> God help you. Yeah. I hope you don't. But you might have seen recently people are going around batting around this, this survey that came out. I believe it was one in eight men in Great Britain thought they could win a point off Serena Williams, <laughs> which is ludicrous. <laughs> and, and we will get into that particular delusion at another time. Mm-hmm. But it just kind of got me thinking about the idea that I don't know about you, Todd, but I feel like every time I have one of these conversations, that, that didn't surprise me at all that people think that because every time I have one of these conversations over beers with friends, oh, yeah. we've got one or two friends in every every group you've ever every met yeah. of, who will tell you with, with no sense of irony or like, yeah. oh, I could have I been a pro baseball player if just for this, right. or I, I could have played pro hoops if not if I'd concentrated on hoops instead of also playing other sports. It's like. <laughs> I just kind of want to talk about our delusions in terms of sports. So I've got a number of, of okay. kind of hypotheticals I want to throw your way. All right. And if we did not share these. No, I didn't prepare for this me. at all. I said I wanted to be unprepared coming in. Yeah. yeah. So I don't want to get into like, could you be, yeah. you know, a WNBA player? No, I couldn't. That's just yeah. whatever. You couldn't. No. no. But that's a given. Yeah. I've seen you play. <laughs> um, but I was just thinking like, if your life was on the line right. or not that. Yeah. yeah. That's too no, much too pressure. Much. But for, for a million bucks. Yes. For a million bucks. If you had to do one of the following mm-hmm. successfully, which one do you think you would have the, the greatest likelihood of doing? Okay. Um, scoring a PK yeah. against a professional goalie in soccer. Okay. Kicking an extra point. Yeah. Like with full line and everything. And then this one, I was going to say hitting a major league fastball, but there's no way there's doing that. So lining up as catcher behind an MLB, MLB batter uh-huh. and catching a major league fastball. And not like a wimpy one, like a Max Scherzer or – or Ronald's Chapman. Like, you got to do that. Kick an extra point, catch a fastball, or score a PK. Which one do you think you could do? I think I – so I, this one's really pretty easy for me. I could not be the catcher in a major league game. I'd, I'd be myself. terrified. Yes. Yeah. If I had Max Scherzer on the hill, I'd be absolutely terrified. Um, just I did not play baseball growing up. I mean, I can catch a baseball on, at normal speed from you. But, no, that would absolutely terrify me. Um, I did take penalty kicks and extra points. I would say kicking the extra point is the actual – for me, that's the answer. And the only reason I say that instead of a PK, um, you know, 
I, the professional goalies are, I mean, the extra point is ultimately not that dependent on me, right? Like all I no, have to do, the block. yeah, all I really have to do is take the two steps and kick the ball. And I did kick extra points in high school. Like, I, I think I could, like, it's really the blocking and the holding and the snapping. It actually, me as the extra, the kicker, I mean, I, I couldn't make a 40 yard field goal, but an extra point down the middle, 33 yards in the NFL, I think I could probably, I mean, the PK just scares me because I know how good, right, these guys are. De Gea or Pickford or Bill Hamid or whoever, right? Well, the goal also starts to look really Yeah, it does. Like, I, big athletic I, goal. Yeah. like, you it get looked, your own head. Uh, That's what I was going to say. It looks, I mean, I took PKs growing up, and it looked small to me even back then when the goalie wasn't good. I was I just afraid too, of missing them. Every once in a while, I would just put them off frame. Yes, that's like, what it means. Yeah. the goal. That's where like, the I extra that... point, I didn't really miss many if everything else on the play went right just because you're kind of lining up for a you know in college level you're lining up for like a 20 yard straight on field goal so i I don't know if my i guess if i'm betting on the million bucks i'd take the extra point probably (laughs) yeah see see, i'd I'd be terrified and it's the scariest but i think i'd be most likely to be able to catch a baseball oh really you see i know i just know myself and i'd be terrified and i couldn't do i don't think i I'm not even I sure. Mean, I if you've got it. a catcher's mitt and you got a glove, like you can get out of the way. But I, I think those guys are so good, I, I, they're going to hit your glove. So, like, it's more them. I like, played like adult leagues often, but I have never worn the tools of ignorance. Like, I've never, <laughs> squ- I've never squatted down. Like, I don't know. I feel like I'd tip over at this point. <laughs> See, I, and do not get me wrong. I do not think I could go out there and compete on a baseball field. But I think that one is so quick and reactionary, I'd have the least chance of getting in my own head. And that's true. I, just, I think if, yeah. I, if, like, if we're doing this, for, the, PK like, the, hardest, stadium, the PK is the PK, hardest mentally, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right. And yet and it's probably the like easiest field it's to, execute. to execute, right? Like yeah. from a, just a general 40 year old doofus. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, a PK, you could, like, even the best goalie in the world, you could, if you hit it as best as you can hit it, you probably have a better than 50% chance of making it. Now, you, well, like, you might only like, have a 50% chance of hitting it that well. But. So, like, against a chump like us, do you think the goalies would play the guessing game? No. Or they would wait for us That's to my I think they'd wait for us That's to my problem. I think about, like, yeah. I watch Jordan Pickford all the time for Everton, and I'm like, he, you know, he's little, but he's so fast. Like, he's, if it's me, he's just watching the way I plant my foot. And he can, he can go where I, I mean, he, he knows what I'm going to do, right? I can't That's hit it hard enough like, anymore. No, to I'm, not, I'm not blasting it a world 70 class miles keeper. an hour. No, no, I don't think so either. But Where I feel like that. the extra point, it's like I can donk it barely over the bar, but it's not if the blocking goes right, as long as I just donk it over the bar. That's what I have to do. I don't know. Yeah, I just, I just feel like the, those, the pressure is so real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just waiting for the snap. There's a lot psychological. I will say, pressure. like, if I, I'm not sure if I, I hadn't done it, do if I hadn't ever done it i don't think i would say that one because it is a weird one right the, the pads and the helmet make it weird so anyway. what about this one okay. what do you think would be easier against a professional score a pk or stop a pk score a pk i no way i could stop a yeah. pk no i i mean against a professional i figure i get i give myself like a 30 percent chance to make a pk against yeah. a professional right like me less than one in three maybe one in four but I don't think I could stop any – like, I can, if I had 10 times against friggin' Josie Altidore, I couldn't stop one. 
Like, he might miss two. But I don't think I could stop any of them. Well, it's less pressure. It's way less pressure. But, but, like, I don't think I have the physical skills. And we're to talking, like, 42-year-old me, right? Not, not no, yeah. 17-year-old no, right me. Now, like, there's, there's no way. Like, I, even if I guessed right, yeah. I, would, I would dive and land four feet away from the that's ball. That's what I was going to say. I would break my face now. Yeah, I would there's no, like, I'm not physically capable of executing the, the – the movements to, to stop. Yeah, my best Unless chance would be standing like, still and hoping they kick yeah. one right at me. Just getting drilled in the stomach. Right, right. Like that thing. Okay, what about if you had to get a hit off a major league pitcher or strike out a major league batter with the caveat, you can choose the player. So it's got to be a major leaguer, but this isn't like Mike Trout. Oh, or okay. And I don't think I, – I think I got less than a 1% chance to either. Right. So, I mean, I guess, but, right, if you – or trying to get a hit, you pick a knuckleballer maybe, and you just accidentally run into one. But I still think that's like the best case scenario. I, I think I have a much better chance of striking out the worst pitcher in the league by accident. No, I don't. No. Well, no, that was the, hitting a baseball is hard. Hitting is really like, hard. Like if you can just but so get is it throwing, over the plate. For me, throwing three balls over the plate would be really hard at this yeah, point. Yeah, it would be tough. But like you. But there are yes, you good guys just swing and miss. Yes, that's right. I don't know. Even if somebody grooved, let's say, an 85-mile fastball, yeah. I don't think I could catch up to it. I don't think I could do either. But I think it's I don't think I could even impossible. come close to an 85-mile-an-hour pitch. I think yeah, I'd have to have a knuckleballer throwing, like, in the 60s. Oh, and even that. And then I just – You might as well close your eyes. Right, but at least I'd, like, get lucky every once in a while. I don't think I could throw three strikes – from a major league mound in seven, three strikes and seven pitches. Like, so as not to, uh, I don't know, maybe, but that I, they'd hit it. They'd all hit it. Be, they'd all be hit more, it. Cause I, yeah, what are we throwing? Like 45 miles an hour. Like they'd all throw oh, now. Yeah. yeah. Like, come on. I play catch with, with my son who's nine years old. First of all, he throws harder than me. Okay. <laughs> but think about like, I can't do it. My arm aches. I need to warm up. And he's just like, <laughs> You know, he'll line up 30 yards away and just start firing rockets. And I just, I can't do it. I need to warm up for 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah my and hands are my mouth like twice in a week. <laughs> like, yeah, it's brutal. Yeah, yeah. It would be more okay. fun. Like, I would like, of all these things you're talking about, I think the thing I would like to do most would uh-huh. be to try to hit a major league batter just because I can't even comprehend it. And I quit playing baseball. You mean to try time, to hit or try to pitch? Yeah, to try to, oh, like pitching, whatever. It'd be dumb luck. That would be like I don't. I'd be terrified to to try to hit off a major league pitcher. I think at this point I'd be terrified to try to hit off a of Max Scherzer or Chris Sale. But if it was just some journeyman. Yeah, and great, those guys are still amazing. Yeah, yeah. But let's say somebody who tops out at ninety. Right. It would be scary, but not life threatening. Yeah. Scary. I still couldn't do it. Yeah. I mean, we're acting like these guys. I don't like the any of these baseball. I don't like any of these baseball yeah. things. And they'd still light me up. I actually think it would be very – And by the way, I do think it would be more – I think I would be more likely to get a hit off of a major league pitcher than I would be to return a Roger Federer serve. Oh, yeah. I don't think I Like, I don't think I could actually serve. hold the racket, like, firmly enough to return the serve of the pro tennis players. Well, I think if you just swing, if you're in the batter's box and you swing, at least you're swinging the right direction. Correct. Like, I, I'm going to swing I, I, in the general direction of the ball. 
And, but if we ever watch like a replay, me trying to hit Roger Federer's slurp, I could be six feet away. <laughs> That's right. That's what know. I was thinking. Like, I you know, don't like, think I could actually even. And even if I hit it, even if the ball hit my racket, I think it would knock the racket out of my hand. Like, oh, yeah. Like, but I think that's what's, what would be cool to me about, like, as a big baseball fan, like, we all just, like, the run-of-the-mill guy, like, a, you know, the fifth reliever or something like that, tip one of those guys and still to go up there. It just, to me, it would be incredibly humbling, but it also make me appreciate the Scherzers and the Jacob DeGroms of the world that much more. Yeah. Because everybody's like, oh, you know, it's, that's what always gets me. People think, like, oh, these low-level pro athletes, oh, they're not much, not much better than me. Oh, come on. No, they're a million times better than yeah. us. Like these guys that are barely hanging on to the back end of a roster. And oh, they're a hundred times better. Amazing. The dumbest thing I've seen, even yeah. the people who think they could beat Serena, is somebody posted something on Twitter like a week ago saying, you know, oh, just yeah. the average guy, the average bench warmer in the NBA could light up an open gym. And people were like, no way. I'm like, who yes. has ever doubted this? Who has I, ever I've doubted never this? doubted this. We've played against guys who were like D2, D3 players. Yes. And they're easily mopping the floor with the rest of us. Yes. Like, come on. Like, and people, and they showed some video, just some like random guy. I mean, oh my gosh, no, you get a guy who's get one a of the point. 250 best basketball players on the planet. Yeah, no way. And you're surprised that he's going to run out a bunch of chumps like me and you at an open gym? No. People are like, oh, I could take him. No. I actually, yeah, guys. I have a friend, Michelle, I have a friend that was the, was a pro tennis player. Mm-hmm. And she got to like number 200 in the world. And she was number one player at the University of Texas. And, um, you know, in college and then got up to like 200th in the world, but played Australian Open, played Wimbledon, played, you know, and qualified for a couple things. Um, and one of the true elites on earth. On earth, right? Actually. And, yeah. and like, she played like three years and clearly wasn't good enough to be a pro. And she got asked to leave the rest in, she played on like an intramural rest in, like a women's league recent, recently. Mm-hmm. And this is like 20 years after she played in college. Yeah. And the league commissioner had to call her after two weeks and be like, look, we really, like, thank you, but, like, we really can't have you play in the league anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, this is, like, you're, you're hurt. The other ladies are getting injured. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like, this just isn't fun. And you won 10-0, 10-0 these two weeks in a row. And, like, this is just, it, we, this is not the level of competition, you know? Yeah. And this is someone, like, who hadn't touched a racket in five years and... I mean, it's that kind of a. It, it's like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, I guess to bring this back to JMU yeah. and FCS yeah. in some way, like, that's what also gets me. Like, when I tell people and people find out how passionate I am about JMU, and sometimes they're like, oh, that's FCS football. And my first reaction is like, yeah, they're better than you. Yeah. And they're like, well, I put, no, they're better than you. They're way better. Like, uh, unless I'm talking to you and you're wearing like your Alabama Letterman's jacket, mm-hmm. they're better than you. Like, the, these guys <laughs> are amazing athletes. Yes. Like, Oh, a little bit slower. Yeah, so their 40 time might have been two-tenths of a second slower. Right. And maybe they're an inch and a half. They're still amazing athletes, so deserving of our praise. People are like, I don't want to watch that crap low level. I'm like, what are you, crazy? Exactly. These guys are freaks of nature. And and they've they've worked their whole lives for it. And they're still the elite of the elite. And as we talked about earlier, you're still going to see guys, you know, from last year's roster and this roster and future rosters, Play on Sundays. I mean, like, oh, if yeah. you come from anywhere, maybe they're late bloomers, but I don't know. I, I think as fans, we often sit back and think, I can do that. I can, uh, I can do it. And I'm just as good. Or, oh, maybe they should have made that play. And 
Maybe I need to remember Stop how it. ridiculous some of these things are. Yes. When I get frustrated when something goes off somebody's fingertips on, on a Saturday. Right. But I don't see the fact that he was getting bumped by a 200-pound corner, <laughs> corner for 30 yards. And, you know, like, <laughs> these guys are great athletes. And it's, just, it's funny as fans to take a step back. Yeah. And when you think, you think about it, and we've had these conversations, me and you and our yeah. friends, millions of times over drinks. Oh, I could. No. No. We couldn't. No, we couldn't. I mean, like, I was a, I was a role player in high school. You know, yeah. like, and you think there yeah. were guys from my team who are all Americans, and they went on. So, like, you you start to be like, oh, I, I could hang with them. Well, it's different when you hang with the one or two All-Americans that you practice against every, every day, day for four years. Right. You learn their tendencies. You're not intimidated. But then those guys go play in college, and you talk to them, and they're like, yeah, it's me and 40 other guys just as good. Like, it's Yeah, they become these, you, these, like, yeah. at their college program. Yeah. Right. Oh, these, yeah. These guys and gals yep. and the whole—I mean, we don't even get the whole ridiculous nature of the gender. Thing no. Come like, on. Oh, stop. I can beat this girl. No, no you, you can't. can't. No, no, you can't. can't. No, no, you can't. They're amazing. Yeah, they're absolutely amazing. Yeah. So. Oh well, I love it, Rob. This is good. Um, I feel warmed up and ready to go here for the next month and a half as uh, everybody gets their, uh, you know, fantasy football rankings are out. People are getting ready. We're getting uh, RVs ready for the season. People are getting their tailgate plans together. And I can't wait to talk to you more as we get closer to the season. And maybe I can't wait to start diving in, actually, like getting into some of these game previews and starting to look at it. Like this was fun tonight. Yeah. Hopefully, people enjoyed it. But for me, it's just exciting to talk football and more more than talking about it. Just starting to think about how close it is. Yeah. And what a great team and the potential we have this year. Yeah. And hopefully, we can line something up to talk about soccer as well. So yeah. Yeah. We will uh, be looking forward to seeing you next week, everybody. Go by Pale Fire and Mossy Creek, and please, please, please mention the podcast. Um, even if one of them that works there doesn't remember that this is a thing, just bug them about it, and you're supposed to get a free sticker or a free pint glass from either one of those. And or just just give them your business anyway, because they're good folks and right. they've been supportive of us. Yeah, supportive of the Harrisburg community. Absolutely, and we'll be looking forward to seeing you at both places this fall. Rob, I will talk to you next week. Yeah, have a great week, everyone. All right, go Dukes. Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah River. Life is older, older than the trees, younger than the mountains, growing like a breeze. Country roads take me home.